Because we're all binge watching. I remember when they first introduced the idea of binge watching, I was like, how pathetic. I'm just gonna watch an episode or two. I haven't showered in a week. Searching for the unusual, the obscure, the forgotten treasures hidden deep within streaming media. This is the Deep Dive Podcast. Plane in the sun! Get below! Lookouts, get below! Dive the boat! Dive the boat! Take it down 150 feet, steer course 090. Continue to dive. Hello, divers. Is there anybody out there? Is there anybody left? <laughs> Can anyone hear me? Oh. I feel like I can I'm, hear you. Know, you. Thank you. Uh, I feel like I'm like <laughs> in the last man on earth and I'm trying to communicate to God knows who. Hopefully somebody's listening, you know, like the uh, Omega Man or whatever. Uh, but yeah. I've never watched that show. Oh, you got to see it. The original. <laughs> yeah, the original. Um, so welcome, everybody. This is, of course, the Deep Dive Podcast, a never ending quest mm-hmm. to find the best and sometimes worst content hiding in streaming media. I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wingshop Movie Magazine, which is available on Amazon.com. And with me, as always, live from an undisclosed location via encrypted satellite feed, the Mandalorian herself. Hi, Mando. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, that's me. I'm in a very secret uh, space up in the middle of New Hampshire where I'm still under lockdown. But yeah, I still made it via the power of technology. Yes. And thankfully... Thanks, Thankfully, New Hampshire hasn't been as hit by this whole corona thing as badly as other parts uh, of the country have been and now sure. currently are. You know, the southern United States and western United States seem to be uh, hitting a peak at the moment. Yeah. And that's – I don't know how much of that is just because of that pesky coronavirus or how much of that is people just not following guidelines. Yeah, it's tough to say, right? Because, I mean, I think there are there's two groups of people here, people who just feel like their rights are being infringed upon by, um, you know, being asked to stay inside and, and use caution when shopping, wearing masks and whatnot. And then there's other people who are just deathly afraid to go out. Right, um, right. So in, in that respect, uh, maybe maybe New Hampshire is one of the, uh, the latter group, but I couldn't really tell you. All I know is, luckily, we're happy, healthy, and safe at home. Um, we're going on what? Oof. Two and a half months now, maybe three months. Yeah, just about three months. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's bizarre because when you watch these these shows about like apocalyptic, uh, you know, events and people have to survive on the land and and all these sort of things, right? Uh, aside from like the zombies and and the nuclear effects, we're kind of in that 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 movie, right? Like we're trying to figure out how daily life works without having the ability to go out and socialize and go out and see things and explore our environments. And yeah, it's, it's put a, it's put a damper, I think on, on, um, you know, probably, well, definitely the economy, obviously, but you know, on who you sort of define yourself as a person, like, Oh yeah, I'd love to go to shows and music and then concerts and whatnot. So yeah, I think then that's, that's the case why podcasts are just so awesome right now, because you really can just put something on in the background and, and hopefully you're listening to our podcast because this is our 60th episode. Can yes, you believe exactly. it? We are almost qualified 60? for AARP, which is very <laughs> nice. Like myself oh, personally. Man, I, can't, <laughs> I can't 
so you get that uh, bonus on your insurance. Yeah, I keep getting those letters <laughs> in the mail, you know. Would you like to join? I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, you're like, I'm not ready to accept this yet. Go talk to my 95-year-old neighbor. Exactly. They just but. forward it over there. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting but, because yeah. if somebody decides, and I'm sure this is going to happen, but the only thing I can think of is somebody decides to make a show about, you know, what happened in the, during the coronavirus, it would be the most boring show ever because nothing's it happening. Really would. There's no zombies you know, or, you know, I mean, nothing exactly. to make it interesting. I think it would be still with just a lot of people like really bored really really upset and then I, I think it would be just a huge um, you know interest in like all of the grocery delivery companies the deliver you know like food delivery and things that were kind of like you know yeah sure, that's cool pre-covid but now it's like a total necessity so I mean that's kind of interesting to think about how much you rely on like Instacart and things like that. I mean I I order my groceries and they come one week and it's just been fabulous because I don't have to go outside you know, but, um, yeah, it, it's going to, it's put it this way. It's not going to be an HBO Chernobyl. <laughs> it's not, it's not no. going to be, it's no, not. it's not. If anything, I mean, judging by looking at YouTube and Twitter, it's going to be attack of the 50 foot white privilege Karens. <laughs> oh man. Every day, yeah, I every laugh. day I see videos <sighs> of these entitled people going off for no apparent reason you know, calling people, asking people, oh, where are you from? What country are you from? Or I don't I have to wear a mask, so, you know? I get so frustrated oh, and I then I feel sad for them because I'm like, how, I just, it does, I don't comprehend. It's for me, it's unfathomable to one, treat people like that. And two, like, why are you not using common sense that you were clearly born with? Oh, no. I, like, I, you know what? I, I don't believe that anybody is born with common sense anymore. <laughs> you know, I honestly don't. I, I it seems to be, uh, you know, in limited quantities. Yeah, I, I, that's probably accurate. I mean, right now we're kind of facing this thing. Well, which is more important, um, you know, the global health pandemic or the global health crisis of of racism? It's it's crazy. I know in Massachusetts, um, your governor, I believe it was, mm -hmm. or maybe it was your mayor, uh, declared it. Yeah, declared a public health crisis yeah. mayor. Yeah, yeah. That that. That's a first of all, bravo, yeah. right on him. It's a, and, and it's second a big of symbol. all, yeah. it really is, and it's it's kind of cool that Massachusetts is um is taking the step forward on this. But I mean, yeah, it's right now. It's like you stay in home because you don't want to get sick, but you also just don't want to deal with ignorant people, you know. Like, and I'm talking ignorant in terms of like I don't need to wear a mask or mm -hmm. where are you from? You yeah. know, go back to your home yep, country. Yep, it's yep. like, are you serious? Nobody. Nobody <laughs> has, can claim this as their home country if you weren't part of, well, indigenous people, right? That's, right, right. Uh, now, uh, if, I don't know. For me, America is, is, you know, always at the extremes. Either we don't react enough to something or we react too strongly to something. And that's yeah. what's going on here at the same time. You know, it's a that's, lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. And then there, you know, the people that are screaming about their, their constitutional rights, really, how often do you vote? Uh, you know, you want to exercise those rights only when it's convenient for you to say something. Yeah. And I that's just, the yeah. hypocrisy that really gets to me because we're in a public health crisis and you're going to decide that you don't care to wear a mask just out of pure right. courtesy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
just so, to be decent to another person. But you right, know, that's it. Just common decency. Mm-hmm. That's the thing mm-hmm. that is so frustratingly lacking. Uh, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And ultimately I believe that we will get past this, but it's going to take a long time. And there are some folks who are thinking, Oh yeah, well, when we get a vaccine, everything will be fine. But you know, it's, it's not going to be quick. First nope. of all, and second of all, we have to get used to interacting with each other in different ways, you know, not just social distancing and wearing masks, but you know, just learning and listening and being kind. I mean, what happened to just being kind to people? For right. the sake exactly. Of being kind? Exactly. You know, but anyways, if you're like us, you get super angry with the news and then you turn to binge watching. That, because what true. else really can you do? Well, you know, <laughs> what else I've, can you do? I've actually gotten some things done and I'm, I'm kind of happy with that. I mean, my bunker is almost finished. Uh, <laughs> I, had, I got some great deals at Pier One now that it's going out of business. Oh, I know. Sadness. Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised. I've never shopped there, but. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, you'd be surprised what a few throw pillows and some wicker baskets can do. To uh, you know, brighten up a shelter. It's true. It's true. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of that movie with Brendan Fraser. What's it called? Oh, uh, Blast uh, from the Past. Blast from the Past. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yes. And like his dad tries to make the underground bunker look exactly like their home. Right. Up, you know. Right, the, right. Yeah. And it's just so funny. So funny. Yep. 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 Um, but I did not know uh, Pierre was going out of business, and I didn't even really know what they sold. But then I thought, oh wow, this is kind of a sign of the times. A lot of things are going out of business. Yeah. And especially stuff like, I mean, Pier 1, yeah. I mean, it's mostly knickknacks, wicker, lots of that stuff, lots of rattan. Uh, so that's, you know, that's the thing about Pier 1. That's where you go when you want when you need tchotchkes for your home. Uh, but, you know, also, and, and you know, uh, like I said, I'm trying to keep busy. I'm also in the third draft of my manifesto. Uh, I had to cut Ooh. it. I, yeah, I had to cut it down a little bit. A thousand pages seemed a bit long. But as far as I'm concerned, people need to know the truth about the cabal. That's what I'm trying to you know, give to people. See, it's that it's that human kindness that just shines through when you're doing things like that. So true. So true. I can believe that. But I have accomplished some stuff. In fact, next weekend, I am planning on creating, making, and jarring my own tomato sauce. Really? I've been fascinated by people who are canning food. And, I've, and I think we had a doomsday episode, actually. Uh, yeah. where we talked about people who, who sort of shelter and bunker down and can their own food and stuff. And I've always been fascinated by it because I just think, wow, it must take, you know, a lot of time and effort and it must make things a lot easier. And I've always been like interested in, in what's the cost versus like, you know, futility ratio. Is it worth it? Whatever. But I've been watching so many videos lately on YouTube about how to make your own tomato sauce. So my goal next weekend is I'm going to buy a bushel of tomatoes and I'm going to try my darndest in my apartment to jar some tomato sauce. So do you have all the accessories and things? Do you have like the jars and you have like the little, uh, the big pot that you got to put the jars in to sanitize them and all that? And this, no, you know, like the- well, yeah, I'm going to, here's the thing. I'm going to half wing it. Or I'm going to half, uh, I'm going to try. <laughs> so I've got the jars, I've got the lids, I've got all that fun stuff. I've got um, big pots to create the sauce in, but I'm going to try the homemade method of sanitizing my jars in the dishwasher. And then I'm going to try canning just simply with heat. Okay. So from what I understand, you put it in the jar, you you know sort of let it uh, cool upside down underneath tons of blankets. So it's a really slow plot process. And once you, uh, you know, flip the, ch- the jar up, if, if there's any spring to the can, then, you know, you, the top, you know, you didn't do it right. right. But if there is, bam, sealed. Wow. And so my goal is if I can get like five jars, that'll only last me a week. 
but still, it'll be an accomplishment. <laughs> that's true. That's absolutely true. I think that's great. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. And if it comes out nice, uh, I, I expect to have some. I will definitely send you a jar. I'll have to just put it in the Jeep, drive it over, leave it about 10 feet from your door, and then leave again. Sounds good. Now, how we're doing this thing. And I will do the same once I finish making my uh, my homemade chloroform for a friend. <clears throat> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, thanks for listening, everybody. It was a great show. Yeah. Uh, tune in show. next week. No, no, no. <laughs> just kidding. Let's we get to it. have a topic. Let's, Let's do to it. it. Now, according to a recent article in Forbes magazine, Netflix alone may have added over 7 million new subscribers in the first quarter of 2020, which is pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Newcomer yeah, Disney, yeah. yeah, Newcomer Disney Plus has subscribers in close to 50% of American households already. Wow. Which is astonishing. And now there's yeah. new services like uh, Peacock, Quibi, I have no idea what that is, and HBO Max are trying to get a piece of the pie as well. Uh, HBO Max is kind of a weird thing. I'm not quite sure what yeah. to make of it. It's not, they're, they're, I guess they're getting rid of HBO Go. Uh, and right. HBO Now is just going to be called HBO. And I think the regular cable channel HBO is going to be called Showtime, oddly. So that's just, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work out. That's going to confuse people. But if you're, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you're like us and if you are, get help. You've been, wa you've binge watch all of the hot shows. So now what? Mm -hmm. Now more than ever, you need a guide, a mentor, a creepy uncle. That's where we come in. So binge worthy shows. And we're going to talk about some binge worthy shows you probably haven't seen yet. And ones that you should or probably... Or you've heard of and you want to. Yeah, and stuff you should check out. So, Amanda, go for it. All righty. So, I have been in the group of people who are sort of struggling between what do I watch? I mean, I've got so much, but I've also seen so much. It wasn't until I opened up my Hulu feed the other day and I saw, hey, they've uploaded some more episodes of The Curse of Oak Island. Hmm. And I thought, what is a great time to sort of start from the beginning and go all the way through, now is that great time. So, <laughs> a little bit about this show. Basically, Oak Island is a real island. It's off the coast of Nova Scotia in between the Atlantic Ocean and the Mahone Bay. Um, it's actually not that far from Maine. I think if you go to the, the very top of Maine, and it takes you probably maybe an hour or so yeah. to, uh, yeah, to take a boat over there or maybe a ferry. Um, but the great thing about Oak Island is that People have been fascinated with this area of the world for literally three to four hundred years, believing that there's a curse there, believing that there's a giant mass of treasure buried somewhere on this island. Is this the spot where they died? Several generations of people risked life and limb and died looking for something here on Oak Island. President Franklin Roosevelt was involved. John Wayne was involved. As each successive treasure seeker goes through the years, they kept finding things that kept them going. Wood that shouldn't be there, a bit of chain, a stone that's inscribed with strange engravings. Who, why, when, where, how. That's what really got me. Whoa, that's significant. We've got our proof. Six people have died. A seventh has to die. And that's when all will be revealed. 
Now, it stems from um, the first sort of settlers um, from the New England area that went up there. In fact, I think they were from Massachusetts, if I'm not correct. Yeah. And they uh, went up there and they heard some, some sort of Indian or Native American legend. Uh, from the tribe that actually dwelled there called the Micmac about there being Spanish treasure on the island. So the Spanish over in like the 1500s were trying to discover America. They landed there. They, they I guess, ran aground. And then all of their um, gold and, and things like that landed somewhere where some of these settlers picked them up, buried them in, in a giant shaft uh, on the island, and then disappeared or just didn't live there anymore. So then come in all these treasure finders and all these people who are just so curious that they want to just get a piece of the island. Um, and then, uh, you know, it starts to build up this legend, more and more people. Then comes like this one family that has generation to generation looking for this treasure and digging holes everywhere. And then it comes to sort of like modern day where these two brothers, these like really wealthy um uh i don't i don't want to say privately like like equity but they they're kind of wealthy in their own right one of them is like an engineer one of them is like a stone masonry type type of thing they're like hey we have the money the history channel has reached out to us and said we'll pay you to go make a show on this island about you looking for this treasure and then here it comes we're now in like season eight and the whole thing in my opinion is one of those um grab your attention in the beginning and it never quite satisfies you because you don't know if it's true you 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 find things and you're like yeah maybe this is true this is great but it just keeps going episode after episode now mm. i don't typically like those shows because there has to be some level of of sort of um i don't even know like like give and take like i'm satisfied enough with the show that i'm going to keep watching uh the next season and whatnot, but it's kind of hard. So in one of the episodes, I think in season two, maybe three, they found human bone. They have found like, um, uh, money. They've actually found a coin. They have found, um, like, uh, religious items for, for people that probably wouldn't have, have, um, brought them up there. Like, like French crosses, for example, and things like that. And it actually leads them all over the place. So they, they find these artifacts and then they, they trace where they were probably brought from. So they end up in a monastery in France, uh, talking about Templars. They, uh, end up in Massachusetts where they find some of the, um, remnants and like family members of the first sort of settlers. And it's just a huge, uh, like grab, you know, and anybody who loves history like myself will be instantly drawn to, to the idea of like uh, undiscoverable things, right? And that like lure of, oh my God, is this true? Is this, could this really be true? Now, I'm not so much a treasure hunter. I never really grew up thinking like, I want to be a pirate and, and I never played pirates with my friends. So I didn't do that. But Just feel bad the for idea, you. <laughs> well, here's the idea. Like I was, I, I, I was always interested in finding the treasure and then like, talking about it my friends just wanted to find the treasure and like spend it or bury it somewhere else <laughs> so it didn't work out but it, uh, the the thing that just really grabs me are all the possibilities or at least the theories of possibilities that could be in this treasure trove things like 
manuscripts, Captain Kidd's treasure, who's a famous pirate, uh, jewels from Marie Antoinette, like uh, Spanish money and gold and ah, uh, so many crazy things. But basically, it's been going since January 2014. Uh, so we're what now on six years, I think. We're about eight seasons in. Uh, it's called The Curse of Oak Island. It is a quote reality TV show. Uh, you can find all the current seasons on Hulu right now if you have a subscription. Um, I would recommend that you watch a couple episodes and then once you take a break from it and you go back, you probably want to spare out some time, like maybe a few hours in your day because you're going to get hooked. Each episode brings you into the next. Um, for folks who are always, you know, looking for that, that return on their investments, um, it, it's not one of those shows that you're going to be like, yes, every episode gives me a, a clue to where we're going. It's really about the story of these two brothers who have been involved since their childhood um, and their sort of journey and how they they come together with this island trying to, to find anything, right? One of them actually now lives on the island permanently. And fun fact, they actually bought, I think, two-thirds of the island from this tur- uh, tourist company or like, you know, um, treasure yeah. sort of um, thing. And um, so now they own it. So it's, it's interesting because they can do whatever the heck they want to do uh, on this. And I'm excited about the prospect of what they could find um, and all this, all the different like conspiracies and uh, just a, a bunch of stuff. So if you want to check it out, I certainly recommend you do so. It's on Hulu. If you have a subscription, uh, Wikipedia, gives you a brief synopsis of Oak Island, but what you really have to do is go to the Oak Island website to get the, the definitely the history and the lore of everything to drag you in. IMDb gives the show a 7.5 up until uh, season five, in which case it drops a little bit, but hey, it's worth watching in my opinion. Nice. That's my first binge show. Very cool. So may I make a suggestion to anyone that is interested in watching uh, The Curse of Oak Island? Totally. On YouTube, you can find an episode of the 1970s series In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy. Mm. Ooh. In 1979, they did an episode about Oak Island. And oh. I remember as a, uh, as a kid watching that episode and being so entranced by this story and by all the efforts mm-hmm. and this is you know this is like 40 years ago all the efforts mm-hmm. that people were trying to make with the technology they had at the time to try to mm-hmm. you know uncover the mystery uh, of oak island and i was totally fascinated by it and so what you you know what you get when you watch that episode which like i said is free on youtube you get kind of a precursor as to what mm-hmm. you know as to what happened before and what efforts were undertaken all those years ago to try to, um, you know, to try to figure out what the mystery was. They talk about carbon dating some of the wood planks that they mm-hmm. found, like the 1500s, mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. that. And it's fascinating. I, I just remember exactly. being, yeah, I, I vividly remember just watching this and going, wow, this is so cool. This is so amazing. I recommend right. that. And it highly. draws you in. It Absolutely. really does. I'm going to check it out. It really does. It's just really, really interesting to me. Uh, as a kid, you know, it was just like so fascinating. The two things that fascinated me the most in that year, which 1979, was Oak Island and the Three Mile Island nuclear disaster. So that shows you where my head was at as an 11-year-old. 
Yeah, yeah I get that. I get that. I was a little, uh, you know, I was a weird kid. So there you go. <laughs> but yeah, that's my first pick. Excellent. Very nice. Love it. So both my <laughs> picks today are also like nonfiction docu-series. Uh, I love mm -hmm. documentaries mm -hmm. that teach me things I didn't already know, especially things that involve subjects that I'm really interested in. Finding totally. out something new about something that I like, like you know, that's total eye candy for me. Now, if you're a science fiction mm -hmm. fan of any stripe, you've probably already binge-watched The Mandalorian. <laughs> named, yeah, after, yeah. named after my co-host. Uh, it's the <laughs> hugely successful Star Wars live-action series on Disney Plus. It's a terrific show made by people who truly love and respect the Star Wars franchise and its history. Now, if that mm -hmm. describes you as well, you should definitely check out the companion series, Disney Gallery. Yes. Yes. So Disney Gallery is a series that takes you behind the scenes of The Mandalorian. Each of the eight episodes covers a different aspect of the ambitious production. There's everything from directing, the casting, the effects, the score are covered. And mm -hmm. for a Star Wars fan, it's not only enlightening, but it's uplifting and a lot of fun to see how these shows are put together. Mm -hmm. The highlight for me is episode two, which is called Legacy. And it's a round table where the directors and creators of The Mandalorian get together and talk about the creative process and their personal relationship and love of Star Wars. Now, uh, mm -hmm. there's a man named mm -hmm. Dave Filoni. Uh, he's one of the current caretakers of the Star Wars franchise. Uh, he also created the uh, the Clone Wars animated series. So he basically does this uh, really heartfelt defense of the prequels, which everybody hates, but he right. doesn't. He's got his own uh, he's got his own take on it, which is fascinating, uh, and it's it's pretty cool. He almost changed my mind, uh, almost. Oh. Wow. And that's not a small feat. So whether you're, you know, a young aspiring filmmaker, an OG Star Wars fan like me, you know, you'll be, you're going to be blown away by Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian. So here's a little bit of a taste of what that is going to be like. The enthusiasm is infectious. So much of this process is about problem solving and making breakthroughs. Everyone is coming with their own experiences to a galaxy that can support it. And then also have a group of filmmakers who were not afraid to jump in. It's hard to believe all these years later, there's such energy around new stories in this world. The volume put me back in a set as if it was built. The outside is all video walls and the top is video wall. That was, for me, one of the most rewarding experiences of someone who just loves Star Wars. It was... So there you go. That's, uh, that's the Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian. As you can hear from the way they're talking, they have a, you know, a, a respect and a reverence and a love for the franchise that if you're the same, that, you know, it, it just makes kind of your, and I'm speaking, of course, for me personally, makes my lifelong devotion and, you know, fascination with this franchise almost, it's like a shared experience. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. It validates it. It, it, it kind of mm -hmm. does. It kind of does. And it it's also feels good to, to know that there are people out there 
who are so passionate about it, carrying the torch and doing, you know, a really good job at moving the stories forward, moving the franchise forward. So, you know, you're what I watch this and I just can't help but have a smile on my face and feel like I'm a kid again, uh, which is for me saying something because, I, you know, I don't know if I've ever not felt like <laughs> a kid, which is weird. I should probably have that looked at. But <laughs> seven of the eight episodes are now available. And the final episode streams June 19th. So if you are in any way interested in that sort of thing, I highly, highly, highly recommend Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian. But, you know, watch it after I you agree. watch the original. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that second episode, with when John Favreau started talking, I almost teared up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it really hit me. And I was like, wow, this is what I mean, I'm not super, super into Star Wars. I'm super into other things. Right. But to hear someone speak so passionately about that, it made me feel like, wow, there really is, uh, you know, a, there really is a combining force that keeps us all together in a community. Um, and I'm really thankful that they brought up the Mandalorian because honestly, I think it was a great uh, deterrent from people who were hating on episode one and all that. They were like, okay, we can still, we still have something in this series worth, you know, uh, getting nuts over or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's good to know that it's moving forward in a way that is respectful and entertaining uh, and mm -hmm. that there's a new, a new generation that's taken the reins and doing a really, really fantastic job with it. And that to me, I mean, yeah. you, you talk about John Favreau, you know, for he did he did it with the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Iron Man, and now mm -hmm. he's doing it with Star Wars. So you know, hats off to him for really being uh, one of the driving forces behind this. Uh, he's also yeah. a pretty decent cook as well, so that's a that's a fun thing too. So uh, <laughs> if you're John Favreau, if you are in any way listening to this, call me. We'll talk. <laughs> exactly. We'll have dinner. It'll be great. Uh, and which is, and you know, the, the funny thing is, is that I looked at uh, Rotten Tomatoes and, and to see if, if Disney Gallery was there, and it is, and <clears throat> it gets 100% on Rotten Ooh. Tomatoes, which is actually, ironically, higher than the rating for The Mandalorian itself. No kidding. Yes, it is true. <laughs> now, if you want to watch oh, this man. amazing show, uh, it is available with a subscription to Disney Plus, which is a steal at seven bucks a month. Mm -hmm. it's an even better deal cheapest, I think. it is one of the cheapest and you can also a really good deal is also their bundled package which sounds dirty when you say it out loud uh they have uh <laughs> disney plus hulu and espn plus for only 13 bucks a month oh wow so if you're into sporty sports then uh that's a great deal as well yay sports go team yeah, that's, that's not a bad deal, though. Yeah, 13 our, our, bucks, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's not bad at all. 13 bucks for all three. So, you know, if you're like me and you have lots of time on your hands to watch Disney Plus, Hulu, and, you know, not ESPN Plus, because, I mean, what sports are happening right now anyway? <laughs> exactly. not, that I, not that it, you know, Ooh. not that I'm, uh, you know, you can just look at me and tell that I'm not into sports. Uh, I am dumb. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so that uh, that constitutes my first pick. So what Very else good. you got? Yeah, thanks. Well, actually, it was a suggestion um, that you gave me. Ooh. Um, ooh, 
probably maybe four or five episodes. But I watched uh, from season one to the very last this week, uh, which was the ending of season two, What We Do in the Shadows oh, yeah. on Hulu. I have to tell you, I am obsessed with this show. <laughs> it, it, it is. It ticks every box for me. It is funny. It is uh, entertaining. It is definitely worth watching, like binging. Uh, and I don't get sick of it pretty easily. I mean, I've I've watched it now, probably each episode, maybe two or three times. I've gone back and watched them all because yes. they're just so funny. So, for those who aren't aware, um, the title, at least, and sort of the mockumentary feel, of this does. Uh, come from the Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement, 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 Clement movie. Clement, there you go. He's yeah, he's in a band. Uh, Flight of the Concords. Really like. Yeah, Flight yeah. of the Concords. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah, I love him. He was also in Moana too as the crab. That's right. But yeah, I, I digress. So this is titled um, and based off of their movie. I think it came out in 2014, and it was one of those underground hits. Um, so the basic premise here is that this is a mockumentary style uh, show where a film crew is following around a bunch of just idiotic vampires who um, are, are basically living um, in between two worlds, being a, you know, stereotypical vampire. So dark, scary, blood sucking, um, <laughs> you know, fangs, all of that. And then sort of the modern, like, oh, I have to do my laundry and oh, I have to, I do get mail and I pay some bills and it's just the, the interactions between the vampires and uh, Guillermo, yeah. who is their familiar, that crack me up. Oh, now, yeah. I did have I did have a bit of an issue with Colin Robinson because <laughs> I was just like, he annoys the heck out of me. And then it struck me. I'm like, oh my God, he is energizing, vampiring me through the yes, TV. Yes. <laughs> and that is brilliant script writing, in my opinion. Um, so Colin is, quote, an energy vampire, right, and he right. basically bores people to death, yes. and he feeds off that. And it is <laughs> hilarious. There's one episode where he meets um, a woman called Evie, and she's a, quote, emotional vampire. Right, so she right, like, right. tells people. <laughs> all these sob stories yeah. like my cat died today and <laughs> oh I'm sleeping in the office because of this and I have no money and so they're basically in the same office building fighting for their food because on one hand Colin bores people to death on the other hand Evie makes them feel so terrible and so helpless that she feeds off their guilt yep. it's just hilarious but um, I think my favorite uh, character is definitely Nandor because he's just so <laughs> silly he's, he's funny I, I have to give props to the actor too, Kayvon uh, Novak. He is actually Persian himself. He's British Persian, but he the accent is just so, so funny. on point. It's great. It's so funny, and I, he he doesn't slip. He he legitimately makes that character. Uh, if it was any other actor, I don't know if they could pull it off. Um, I, I love the interaction between uh, <laughs> Laszlo and and his wife Nadja, and yeah. they're so funny. Like. I feel like they probably wouldn't have come together as humans, but as vampires, they just are hilarious. And they're, they're, they're eternally literally connected to each other by just how they interact. I mean, on one hand, uh, they probably don't have much respect for each other. At the same time, they're like overly in love with each other. And they're always like, just, it, it's some adult themes. Put it that oh, way. I mean, yes, it's probably yes. not the best show for children to well, watch. Um, yeah. Although my daughter, you know, it's her favorite show. <laughs> I'm not joking. I am not. Surprise My fourteen-year-old loves it. I mean, Katie is awesome on her own right, but the fact that she loves that show and, oh, and she's, she's obsessed with it. Just, she is obsessed. Yeah, with it. she's just 
she's set for life. In, yeah. in fact, I am. I think Katie is so cool that I want to be Katie when I grow up. Oh. So. <laughs> I'll tell you a that. She, and she recently had a birthday, too, by the way. She Happy did, belated yeah. birthday. She's 14 now. She's yeah. no longer a tween, and she's in that stage. I mean, yeah. God help us all. Yeah. Uh, she's going, yeah, she's <laughs> going into, she's going into high school. Wow, that's right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So for our international listeners, um, 14, 15 is the kind of the year that we start freshman year in high school. So it's a, it's a whole different experience between, yes. you know, when she was in till now. Now, of course we don't actually know what's going to happen with school in September because of the whole COVID thing. Right. But that's a big deal. It is a big deal. It, it it's is. so, <laughs> it's so funny that she loves this show because there are definitely some, some crude humor in it that yeah. I didn't think someone <laughs> young would get. But I'm telling you, oh man, um, there's one episode too where uh, I think it was actually it was definitely in season two, I think, where um, Laszlo <laughs> he and there's a lot of guests by the way on this show. Yes. One of the guests is Mark Hamill. Yes. Mark Hamill plays an older vampire Jim. who years ago <laughs> Jim the vampire. Jim the vampire. <laughs> oh my god, he he basically ran a motel. And years and years and years ago, Laszlo stiffed on the bill. Like, he didn't pay him, and he just he couldn't find him. So, supposedly, Jim's been searching for, you know, dozens of years to find Laszlo. And Laszlo, instead of facing up to him, decides he's going to run away and use his, quote, uh, disguise, which entails three things. A toothpick, uh, I think a pair of jeans, and a hat. Yes. And, and basically, he's just, <laughs> he's invisible to every other vampire. He becomes, so he, he becomes he Jackie Daytona. Jackie Daytona. Exactly. He takes on this personality of Jackie Daytona. I mean, could you find of any other like stupid names to put together? No, but, but you know, whatever. He he opens a bar, he becomes a bartender, and apparently none of the humans know he's a vampire. Uh, Jim the vampire walks in and, you know, starts talking to him, doesn't realize that it's actually Laszlo. Oh, it's just so yeah. funny. And I think part of the humor too then you is that they don't know how to to do human things uh laszlo walks out of the bar with a bunch of of dirty dishes and instead of cleaning them just throws them in the dumpster like he doesn't <laughs> yes. know how to do these things um and, <laughs> and there was one point where he had to drive a big giant massive like cowboy truck like it must have been a four three fifty or something like that uh and instead of like driving away and you know peeling out like we would expect to see he just drives straight to a wall <laughs> yes oh my god but anyways th this show is just full of laughs it's full of um like stereotypical vampire things that they make fun of um and they also have like a lot of these people who played in vampire shows for example wesley snipes is in there oh yeah uh, tilda swinton That's is right. in there now paul tilda rubens. Swinton, she played exactly paul rubens is in there Tilda Swinton played in uh, this movie with uh, Tom Hiddleston. I can't think of the name of it now, but I did watch it and it was pretty good. Apparently she's like some ancient vampire in there, but she looks exactly the same as she did in that movie. And I was yeah. like, wow, it that's was, uh, pretty good. Only Lovers Left Alive. She that's was a vampire it. That's that it. And then uh, Paul that Rubens was, was in the original Buffy movie as a vampire. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. That he's got his own thing going on and I, I kind of flip between liking him and then kind of being creeped out by him. But he was funny in this, in that particular episode. Um, I won't spoil everything, but the last episode of the season two, which just premiered this week, actually, um, they definitely took a, a few chunks out of interview with the vampire by yes. Anne Rice. Um, <laughs> specifically the theater of vampires, yeah. um, which actually in her books was a huge deal. Like it's a, it is the thing to be, 
to be at if you are a vampire in these books. But right, um, right. they actually, they referenced a, like, literally word for word, a couple of lines from that. And if you were keen and you noticed it, you just got kind of a, a chuckle out of it, basically. Um, and there was, there was one line, I think he said something like, there's only one crime that we recognize as vampire or something like that. Killing your own kind. And that's almost verbatim from that from yeah, the movie. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was just so funny. And oh my gosh, the ending of that episode had me in tears <laughs> laughing. Oh man. I don't, and it, it, there's always this thing like, are they going to turn Guillermo? Are, are, is he always going to be a, a, a familiar? Will he become a vampire, which he really wants? And does he actually have, you know, Van Helsen blood in him. I mean, because he's the, he's the dichotomy of the show, yes. right? Like he can he can expertly kill vampires, but he also, you know, idolizes Nandor and wants to be a vampire. Right, right. And their relationship, by the way, super adorable. I know, I know. <laughs> oh my um, god! But here's a fun fact that I just found out: uh, the last the the season finale, season two, we finally find out what Guillermo's last name is. Yeah, which is Dela Cruz. <laughs> Which uh, yeah. actually he came up with. Uh, he told he said uh, his that should be his last name because it means of the cross. Oh, yeah, and he, he came up and he came up with that on his own. So he and they used it. Oh, so good! That episode was hilarious. Oh yes. Um. Oh man, but I could go on and on. I really think you should watch it. They're not uh, long episodes; about twenty-five minutes yeah. each. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have, I will tell you though, if you have Hulu, um, the non-plus where you have to watch the commercials, it is really tough. So I would suggest, if you don't have it already, pay the extra couple bucks a month to get Hulu non-commercials because it it will literally, first of all, make binging easier. Second of all, it will help you keep the momentum of of this show specifically. Um, but yeah, so there's there's two two seasons. There's about I think twenty episodes thus far. Uh, all of them available on Hulu. Uh, IMDb actually gives this show this an eight point four the entire two seasons. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty awesome. Um, I think the one of the best things about this show in particular is that you can keep watching it and not feel guilty. And I know that's the point of binging, but there's sometimes you're like, oh man, I really should get up and do some laundry. These are so quick. Um, that you won't really notice it. You could probably binge the entire two seasons in a day, day and a half, something like that. But yeah. uh, so good. So, so, so good. And one of my favorite, by far, favorite TV shows ever. I'm so excited oh, for season so three, which they did confirm, I think, last yes, month. Yes, they did, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I so am pretty stoked. awesome. Yeah, it's so funny. All right. Yeah, that's my second pick. That's I'll awesome. Have some, I love uh, it. Thank you. I'll have some honorable mentions later, but why don't you go with your second pick? All right, so about five years ago, a streaming service went online with I would consider to be one of the most noble goals of all, and that's scaring the hell out of people for only six bucks a month. And I'm talking (laughs) about the service called Shudder. Oh. Yeah, which is available on many streaming devices. You know, you got your Apple TV, you got your Roku, the Chromecast, Amazon Fire Stick, and all that. Aside Mm -hmm. from, you know, airing a wide variety of classic scary stuff, they have uh, they've branched out into some original series. One of them, and this is not my pick, but this is one I do recommend, is a terrific revival of the horror anthology Creep Show, which mm-hmm. uh, they're also running on AMC, I believe, as well. So, as I said, oh. yeah, both of my picks, as I said earlier, were nonfiction. But since we're talking about a horror-themed service, my second pick kind of delves into several horror movies that have notorious reputations for what happened off screen. So my Mm. second pick, yeah, my second pick is called 
Cursed Films. So Cursed okay. Films is a five-part series that looks at supposedly cursed movie productions. And it tells the stories Ooh. of several movies and the disturbing rumors uh, or facts that were contained in the production of those movies. Let's listen in. We hear a lot about cursed films around horror productions. Crazy things that happen on the set of The Exorcist or The Omen or Poltergeist. When you're working intensively on a project and something really anomalous occurs, it's tempting to say this project feels cursed. There was all of this information about the movie being cursed. And then you enter the internet into that and forget about it. There are rumors that they used real skeletons from India and it led to a curse. If you need skeletons to come out of a muddy pool, what do you do? Well, get some real ones, I guess. Our brains are designed to believe all sorts of things. Yeah, so this nice. is pretty cool. Uh, something that I, you know, this is a show that I would have done, I would have made myself if I thought of it first. But it's so interesting because there are all these rumors going around, like saying, like for The Exorcist, that, that, that the production was cursed, that people died during the making of it, that when it was originally screened, people would faint and throw up in the audience because they had never experienced something that insane before on the screen. Because, you know, you're talking about the early 70s here when you know, this mm -hmm. was just the, the time when movies were really starting to open up. And, you know, they were they could get away with a lot more. So mm -hmm. also they also talk about uh, you heard that in the clip uh, in Poltergeist. The rumor was that they used real human skeletons at a scene near the end when they're when they everybody's in the pool and it's all muddy and the corpses rise up in the coffins. Uh, so, yeah, so that's interesting. They talk about that. And, uh, you know, one of my like sort of like personal favorite movies, The Crow. Uh, oh, yeah. Tells the story of Brandon Lee, who, of course, died during the making of the movie uh, from, from a horrible uh, accident using a, a, mm -hmm. a blank pistol. And so mm -hmm. and there's been all this talk about, oh, is that part of the Lee family curse that uh, supposedly took the life of Bruce Lee? So they talk right, about right, right. they talk about that as well. I, I find out all of that just fascinating. So if, mm -hmm. if you're the kind of person that really enjoys those kind of behind the scenes things, it kind of ties into something, you know, my earlier pick, because it is all sort of production oriented things. But there's interviews right. with the actors and some of the filmmakers involved with these movies. And they talk a lot about, you know, what's what are the rumors? What was real? Things like that. So it's very, very interesting from that perspective. So That's cool. Yeah. 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 So if you are a subscriber to Shudder, and I highly recommend that you do because there are some really good uh, films and also some documentaries on there. Uh, there's even another mm -hmm. one that also deals with uh, the history of uh, horror films in relation to the African-American experience, uh, which is fascinating. Right. It's fascinating stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, so check that it out. so cool. Yeah. yeah, so check it out. Cursed Films, very easily bingeable. Each episode is only about a half hour long so you can get through it pretty quickly uh it does mm -hmm. get a 7.1 out of 10 on the internet movie database and a 95 percent on rotten tomatoes so uh as i said the uh it's on shutter it is six bucks a month and for for any horror buff it's a no-brainer because they've got a lot of really good stuff and it's really well curated so 
I absolutely uh, highly recommend Disney Gallery and Cursed Film. So absolutely go for both. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, now, you have to let me know. Do they talk about the three men and a baby thing? No. Where because... supposedly this, this little kid... I, I don't actually know the whole story. It's something about a kid fell out a window, maybe? Or so... is that... So yeah, 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 I'll tell you about that. It's not included in there because Three Men and a uh, Three Men and a Baby is not a horror movie. And they only deal with horror movies. But oh, oh, with right, this right. thing, there were uh, there were some scenes in the film where it looked like there was a ghostly figure in a window uh, hidden behind like a sheer curtain. Hmm. It turned out it was like a uh, like one of those cardboard standees. Yeah, that was like human shaped that was behind a curtain in the background. So people th saw that like, and thought it was like some kind of ghostly thing, but it actually turned out it was just something that was on the set. Oh, that's boring. I know, I know. Sorry to ruin that for you. <laughs> Disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm a spoiler. Oh. What can I say? Yeah, fair enough. It's terrible. Well, my two picks were uh, both on Hulu. Uh, they are The Curse of the Oak Island and What We Do in the Shadows. Super high recommendations. I mean, I... I I couldn't even give them a rating on my Mandometer because they were just, they just would blow past it. It broke the so Mandometer. Wow. It, they did. They did. They seriously did. Uh, I do have a couple of honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad they brought up Disney Plus because I think Disney Plus just offers so much more than, than what people assume, which is, you know, classic Disney movies. Now, don't get me wrong. They certainly have their, their plethora of that. And it's well worth the seven bucks a month just for that alone. But they've got some docuseries. Um, mainly, I love their Imagineering story. Yes. Uh, they talk about so many things about Disney, things behind the scenes that you wouldn't even think of that are a part of this giant franchise, but really um, get your mind going. Now, when I was a kid, they used to have a TV show called Imagineer That, um, and they would have Disney, Disney Imagineers, uh, which is basically a Disney engineer, um, uh, discuss certain things like how they made a ride or um you know how they made a certain type of film or whatever so watch that it's definitely gonna um pull into your heartstrings i think and it's it's certainly worth a watch but they also have the world according to jeff goldblum now i am a <laughs> yeah, huge mr goldblum fan <laughs> i loved everything jeff is in because i just think he's hilarious and his brand of awkward humor just speaks to my soul but he goes through some things you know i'm really curious about like denim and the world of like the mega world of shoe sales uh and tattooing and and a bunch of stuff oh there's an episode with um these people who love to barbecue um and i, I used to watch these these barbecue people on youtube years and years and years ago called the barbecue pit boys and they would just basically uh, they barbecue anything and we're talking about literally anything and he, he actually meets them and it was like wow that's a cool throwback um, but also I think you should, uh, pay attention because coming up soon in early 2021, we're going to get the Loki TV series from Disney plus, And yep. I am super oh, excited yes. about that. Very excited. But those are my honorable mentions. You should check them out. Very nice. Very nice. I like that. So now for yeah. my honorable mentions, I have a couple from Disney plus, uh, one mm -hmm. of them is called prop culture. So yes. this is so good. So there's a, yeah. it's a, a it, there's a prop collector named Dan Lanigan who looks at iconic Disney props and also uh, helps to restore them to their original luster. Uh, and it's mm -hmm. just so interesting. They do Pirates of the Caribbean. They do Nightmare Before Christmas. They do uh, yep. Mary Poppins. Yep. And my personal favorite, Tron. They find some cool stuff from Tron that's <laughs> just amazing. 
Yeah, so I highly yep, recommend yep. that. And the other one that I would absolutely recommend, and this is a good family one, is Disney Shop Class. I don't know if you've heard of this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's a competition show with, uh, with kids who love to design and build their own sort of cool creations. Uh, mm -hmm. It's so fun. You know, you get to see these families, uh, you know, the, the kids working together. They have a sort of a mentor who's a shop teacher. Uh, and they go and they make these really cool things. They like, uh, you know, derby racing or rockets, things like that. It's pretty, pretty cool. So I, I recommend that as well. So, yeah, there's and a you know what's cool about that one. It, it's got that same vibe as the, the Great British Bake Off show because there isn't like a competition to beat your next competitor into pulse. Right. It's really about working together. And it's actually really sweet. I love watching those. Yeah, you'll never see uh, some some like eight year old say, "I didn't come here to make friends." So, <laughs> thank exactly. goodness for that. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. So those are those are my honorable mentions. So, yeah, yeah this I, is a good episode. I think so too. I think so too. It was, uh, you know, we uh, we 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 hit on some important sociological issues, and then we went to the fun stuff. <laughs> which oh, I think of course, is a good how balance. we do. It's a good balance. Agreed. Agreed. For us especially. So yeah, I think it's important to mention too that because this is our 60th episode, that means we have a whole backlog of everything that you could listen to. Everything you could imagine, we've probably hit that topic and we're probably going to hit way more. So if you want, go ahead and visit us at thedeepdivepodcast.com and you'll see all of our previous episodes listed. You'll also find links to our social medias. You'll see our merch store, which our merch store is pretty awesome, I gotta say. We offer a lot of cool designs yeah. and um, I think that you would be remiss if you didn't even consider getting one i'm just gonna say and it's not like we make money but it's just like hey these are cool t-shirts yeah and if you um, want your friends cool. to look at your shirt and go huh this is perfect <laughs> exactly like what is that all about so yeah and uh you know while we're on the topic thank you to everybody who's listened to us these last 60 episodes um it's been a really really fun thing uh to kind of come on here every other week and, and talk about things that we're passionate about and people actually listen and that's the coolest thing yes. um you know i think I think not often do you have this like sort of community where, you know, it isn't about being negative and talking about things that we don't like. It's just about being informative and just being, you know, fun. Um, so yeah, thank you to everybody, all of our listeners across the globe. Cause we've got quite a few of them in different countries, which is awesome. Hi, Netherlands talking to you. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, Netherlands, you know, I, a place I'll probably never go to, but if anyone wants true. to, if anyone listening there wants to invite me to their home, <laughs> I would be when you know when all this craziness is over, I would be more than happy to visit. Me too. Yeah. So invite us to your <laughs> homes. Invite us to dinner. <laughs> you know, we're exactly. we're so, easy. It's it's all good. Yeah. You know, we're we're. I pretty much eat. We 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 follow most sanitary guidelines. Most. Yeah. You know, most of them. Yeah, and, and for a free meal, hey, you know, we'll go anywhere. So that's good, right? <laughs> this is true. You uh, know, and it's actually it's actually kind of cool. I mean, we've been talking about doing something special too coming up soon. Um, yes, we're, we're floating some ideas, um, but it's it's going to be kind of cool. And I and I would encourage everyone to kind of stick around and and, uh, and check it out. But we're going to be partnering with one of our our favorite podcasts, from, uh, our friends over at the Belligerents Podcast. Um, for something pretty special, and I think it's a relevant, a relevant thing. So more to come. 
stay tuned. We'll definitely announce it on our website, our website and our Instagram, where we're pretty active. You can follow us at the Deep Dive Podcast um, and send us a message. You know, send your feedback. You can even send requests. Um, if you want to email us, we're at the Deep Dive Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll always, always, always accept your feedback. Uh, the good, the negative, usually not the negative, but, no, no, you not know. The negative. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's going to be a good thing, I think. Absolutely. And send cookies if you can. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, that does it for this episode. Next dive, get your special glasses ready. We're doing a special 3D deep dive microcast now what that means is (laughs) because it's a podcast we are going to discuss the history of the 3d movie how's that sound you like that do you have to wear glasses while listening yes okay it definitely enhances the experience and i understand it does enhance the experience because frankly (laughs) there's nowhere to go but up exactly and don't drive while listening Oh, no, not without while wearing the glasses. No, because that would be not while wearing the glasses. Exactly. That would be very bad. So on behalf of the amazing Mandalorian and myself, Tom Feeney, stay healthy, stay happy, keep listening. We'll all get through this together. You can find links to our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram feeds on our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com. If you like us, please subscribe. All clips are intended for educational use only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Blaney and EchoCraft. Thanks for listening. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Media.